Sin, it is an archery term in some contexts, the archery context, that if an archer misses the mark, they call that a sin. If they don't hit the bullseye, if they uh, are way off, or even just a little bit, that's called a sin. Now, in our religious context, sin is moving away from God and uh, putting something else in its place, in his place. So um, those occasions for sin, when we try to grasp and possess these worldly goods for ourselves, replacing the singular place for God. As Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospels, we cannot serve both God and mammon. Often that's understood the mammon is bread, but we can expand upon that just a little bit and to think that the mammon is anything that sustains us, anything that is going to uh, help sustain us in this life. That's a worldly thing. We, and don't get me wrong, we need those things. We need food, we need shelter, but we don't want to make those the primary things in our life. God has to be number one. Our readings today, they are very strong, they're very bold, and we will dive into those today. Jesus talking about sin, the consequences of sin, the effects of sin, and then what we are to do about them. For us, I think we would all agree that heaven is real, right? Heaven is real and praise God it is. We know it is real because the apostles saw Jesus ascend into heaven. They saw it with their own eyes. They saw the heavens open. They also saw the glory of Christ at the transfiguration. They witnessed the divinity of Jesus and we know that he is in heaven because the tomb is empty. But if we all believe in the good and the powerful truth that heaven exists, we must also talk for just a moment about the real existence of hell. Our Lord talked in our gospel today about Gehenna, the place of Gehenna. This is uh, the scriptural uh, dimension in, in talking about what hell is, this place of unquenchable fire where the worm never dies and the fire is not quenched. Dante, an Italian poet, calls hell the inferno and the Gospels call it Gehenna and contemporary society says that hell is not real. If heaven is real, then so is hell. The best image I can think of talking about hell and in addition to the fire and, um, and all these things, it's uh, more of a state of being. It's an absence of God. Think about darkness. It's not that uh, the darkness is inherently dark. There's an absence of lights so that we can't see anything. That darkness envelops. It is frightening. And I th but I think the best image for us, in addition to all those things, is talking about the Garden of Eden. Going back to the very beginning. In the beginning, Adam and Eve created so good and created free. They could choose to love God or themselves. 
They had an opportunity and they were tempted and they fell. Original sin entered into the world. Our, our own tendency to sin affects us even to this day. And yet, when they were kicked out of the garden, moved away from the presence of God, there was an absence in their hearts. For, for God still was there, but in a much, much lesser way. There was a longing to return to the garden, to be with God forever. But, and praise God that our Lord came and was able to bring them back into the garden. But for that time, there was that separation. They chose to be and put something else, someone else in the place of God. And so for us to remember uh, that hell is real. It is a real thing. It is a real place. And um, we know that people, uh, at least the angels, we know the angels are there. And probably there may be some people there too. We can have hope though, and we only talk about, um, if we talk about hell, we must also talk about the good news. And we'll get to that in just a moment. And so in, in the midst of our life, um, we remember that even though hell is real, God wants each of us to be with him in heaven. This is the good news that God will do everything he can to help us get to heaven. How do we know this? Because our Lord died on the cross. He put death to death so that we can be with him forever. And he will give us his grace. He will give us the church, give us the sacraments, his power, his life, so that we can be with him forever. There are times when we experience and have these desires for sin, to do our own thing, to be rebellious. But when, when that happens, there is the opportunity for confession, to be restored to the garden. In the, in the confessionals right in the back, we don't have to wait like Adam and Eve did for however long, many, many years. We can go to that confessional. We can have our sins forgiven and our relationship with God restored and be brought back into the garden, this place of peace and joy where we can be with him forever. And now our, our gospel today, that second half of the gospel, Jesus is talking about uh, cutting off of limbs and plucking out of eyes. He's not saying for us to actually do those things, but he's talking about the intensity, the zeal for which we are to avoid occasions of sin, to avoid sin itself, to have as much zeal for pursuing God that we will, or would be willing to do anything to stay in relationship with God. So again, he's not telling us to cut off our limbs but he's saying to, uh, to be filled with, uh, a, a full of love so that we choose not to sin. And so I think there are three examples today um, that illustrate the, the intensity for which we are to live our life of faith, avoiding those times of sin and being open to the grace of God 
knowing that he has died for us, filled us with life and love so that we can be with him forever. Jesus gives these examples. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. So here are three examples. So if blank causes you to sin, cut it off. The first, if a friend causes you to sin, we may need to end that relationship. If a friend is drawing us, even if it's not malicious, even if it's just um, slowly bringing us away from uh, our relationship with God, let's have a conversation with them. Let's have our, all of our relationships, our friendships, um, our, our family. I'm not saying cut off family relationships, but having a conversation with them so that we can grow closer to God through each other. I know this is intense, but Jesus is talking about today uh, to, it's, it's better to enter into life without that friend than to both, for both of you to go into Gehenna. Than both of us to go into Gehenna. So no, when I say you, I'm talking about myself too. Uh, I'm, this is for all of us. So if friends or, or uh, different other relationships causing us to sin, let's do something about it. Let us not just sit by and float down the river uh, and just not do anything. Second example, if entertainment causes you to sin, cut it out. I think the best example for all of us is the news. We don't need to be watching the news as much as we are. There is something right now that will drag us down, help us be more negative, which we don't need. There's enough negativity. I'm not saying to not be um, aware of what's going on but we don't need to watch it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They want you to. That's why they're trying to get us to watch as much as, as they do. But we don't need to watch the news because I think it is drawing us away from God because it fills us with despair and does not give us hope. Or if tech, technology, video games, social media causes us to sin, cut it out. We don't need these things. We need a relationship with God and we need our human relationships, in-person relationships as much as possible. This is what will help us to have God in the center of our hearts and our lives and be filling us with hope and with joy so that we can live and avoid those occasions of sin because we are living lives of virtue together. And lastly, if a specific sin is pulling you down, let's do something about it. If there is a specific sin that keeps coming up and we think and that we can't conquer this at all anymore and so we're just kind of resigned to I'm just always going to be doing this. No, with God all things are possible. You can conquer any sin. Every sin is forgivable. The only one is, that is not is the one that we think is not. Every sin can be forgiven. And God wants to forgive it. We just have to ask and say, I'm sorry. 
God will be with us to bless us, to help us root out sin so that we can be with him forever, right? This is the point. Jesus wants us in heaven. If we end up in Gehenna, that will be our own choice. But God will be with us and here to strengthen us today. So brothers and sisters, heaven is real and God wants you there. He will give you his grace, his peace, and his love. He gives you the church to be that source of peace and hope that sin one day will end. We can root it out and God can be the one that sits in the depths of our hearts and in our lives so that we can live in him and then one day be with him forever in heaven.